So it's another impromptu, not impromptu, but it's kind of like my remote gorilla studio here. When I say gorilla, just because it's like you're going gorilla mode where you got to film where you got to film. Um, I'm just going to fix my ring light because like right now. Impromptu podcast. Yeah. It's, imp- it's an impromptu recording of an episode that's been about, oh, it was, it, it wasn't even planned for a year. It's been planned for about seven or eight months now. And what that's talking about was because last year I know Alex and I were talking about like which Jones is going to be better, his Jones and Daniel or my Jones and McCorkle. Now that was Daniel Jones. And I said at that time, if Daniel Jones has a better season than Mac Jones, I'll come on here and make a podcast praising Daniel Jones. And you know what? Egg on my face moment. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's just, look, when I said this before, with the whole egg in your face thing. When you have egg on your face, you got to wipe it off. you got to own up to it. So with that being said, guys, welcome to the episode where we give Daniel Jones all the love and praise in the world, plus some special guests will be along to join the way. With the sixth pick in the 2019 NFL Draft, the New York Giants select Daniel Jones, quarterback, Duke. On fourth and five, Jones steps up, takes off, he's in, touchdown! Drive of the game for the New York Giants. Bodies in the neutral zone, so Daniel Jones gets a free play and a deep shot and a completion to Darius Slayton. Reverse. It's Pettis to Jones. Oh, what a catch by Daniel Jones! It's 21 to 3. Jones on first down, wide open, it's Barkley! And Saquon Barkley will take it into the end zone for a Giants touchdown. Jeff Hackett, 1991 from a Giant quarterback. Protection begins to collapse. Jones to the back of the end zone. Golden take! Pretty good intro, right? I know I don't do intros all the time. only do them once in a while. But sometimes you just have to break out an intro just like that. But anyway, guys, drafted uh, sixth overall, 2019, out of Duke University. Daniel Jones was when he was drafted it was a very interesting time just because i feel like the giants were kind of on the like eli was on the back nine of his career i'm a, I'm a golfer i'm gonna use that metaphor and they want to be like hey we're gonna find the next guy there was just the fan base was not exactly thrilled with the pick at the time uh, especially too because like i said eli is still being there still being the franchise legend that he was two super bowls fortunately for my case but um Look, you have to make plans for the future, and that's what Dave Gettleman was doing in this draft at sixth overall. Uh, there was actually another pick later in the first round that they got that's been a huge deal for them, and Dexter Lawrence also getting paid this offseason. But we'll go into Daniel. So 2019, I don't believe he played too, too much. I remember his first game was against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I want to say that was week three or week four, and he had a run in that game. Um, and he basically went in there and won them the game. I'm trying to remember if it was week three or week four of the 2019 season, um, but... That's, that was my that was my first true taste of him on the field, and at the same time too, I always remember being like, "This guy's Eli Manning 2.0," just because of the mannerisms, the body type, and all this other stuff, and also just because, like we said, it was the David Cutcliffe thing who did train, I believe, both Peyton and Eli at one point or another throughout their NFL careers. I'm just gonna fix the microphone. Hopefully, the audio is not too bad. But then anyway, guys, 2020 came along, and after 2019, so I'm just trying to remember correctly, 2019 I believe was the last Pat Shermer year. Matt, sounds about right. Yeah. And then Joe Judge was brought in. David Gelman was there, but Joe Judge was brought in through Gettleman. They were being like, hey, this is going to fix it. Jones is going to take those steps. 2020, obviously, there was the whole chance for the Giants to make the playoffs. So I don't think 2020 was a terrible season for the Giants, but 
They ended up missing the playoffs because the Eagles threw in the towel in that last game, and ultimately Doug Peterson swung on in Philly. Now he's in Jacksonville. And then, look, at that time by 2020, I feel like Daniel Jones is still an unproven commodity in the sense of we're not too, too sure if he is the guy just yet. But 2020 was a good year for me with Daniel Jones. Why? Because on October 22nd, in a Thursday nighter against Philly, I was recording with one Big Rat 310 just randomly and spontaneously because, like, not randomly, but, like, hey, we just happened to record that day. And we were watching the game in the background, and that's when the huge Daniel Jones run happened for, like, 60-something yards, and he ended up tripping on himself. But then it was kind of like one of those highlight moments in the original OG days of the podcast before, like, we even recorded audio where or recorded video, excuse me, where it was just audio, and it'd be, like, either the Skype logo, the Skype conversation where it's just, like, two unknown logos or, like, the blank avatars and then um basically that's what it was so if you want to go back on youtube those videos are on youtube or they'll be somewhere in the podcast archives wherever you can find your podcasts cheap plug i know and then big rat was on a few like a week and a half later and who was playing the giants were playing again the giants were playing the buccaneers on monday night football and quite an exciting game i remember thinking that entire day i remember the giants were under underdogs of 11 and a half on that day i want to say i'll have to go look it up but the giants nearly won that game i think it was like a fourth Fourth down, Daniel Jones pass breakup by Antoine Winfield Jr. That cost the uh, Giants ultimately the win that game. But that's where a brand started. That's where Danny Dimes in primetime was born. So thank you for that, Daniel. So that's like the first solid thing we're going to say is that you and your primetime plays helped out me recording podcasts, which the first one's going to be coming on Sunday, September 10th, when your New York Giants take on the Dallas Cowboys in Sunday Night Football in a game that Matt Lorenzo sitting off to my side producer for the day will be at that game i believe so that's going to be me after watching my patriots probably get their asses spanked by the eagles um and then 2021 was just a down bad year for the giants i don't think anyone will sugarcoat it it's just what was it four and 13 they're coming they're coming yeah we sucked for his entire career we were never good with him well see that's it they just the 2021 season was just Joe Judge was like Joe Judge wasn't fired, and then he was fired, and then they gave Dave Gettleman his roses and let him retire, which was probably a handshake agreement instead of him being fired. Where it's you're not returning, but we'll announce your retirement, which I know really pissed off Giants fans. And in return, you basically just get a fan base that's pissed off. But then you know what? 2022 is where everything changed. Buffalo gets knocked out of the playoffs, and that's where the rumors of Joe Shane. Buffalo's assistant general manager under Brandon Bean leaving, interviewing for the Giants job. I believe also he interviewed for Minnesota before Quasi uh, uh, um, interviewed for the and eventually got the Vikings job. But I remember I think Shane was there and like one or two other teams, maybe Chicago as well. But ultimately the Giants and John Mara end up, I'm like on, oh, uh, Jeff Tish, I believe. Um, the two of them ended up bringing on Shane to be the GM, run the office. Is that Steve? Steve, Steve Tish, my head. John Mara and Steve Tish, my bad. Maybe I just Jeff Tish for some reason came to mind. Um, which fun fact today? I'm going to go off topic for a second. You know the ball, why it's called the Duke, is because of John's father, Wellington. Yes, the owner of the Giants. The the founder, founder of the Giants, the New York Football Giants, who played at the Polo Grounds in Brooklyn and then went to Yankee Stadium and then eventually some other places and ended up at Giant Stadium, which I believe opened in 1979. Yeah, no, Tim Mara founded the Giants. Tim Mara, my bad. But the, the Duke is named after Wellington. Um, but then, so like going back to what I was saying before, Joe Shane brought on 2022. And with Joe Shane came in Buffalo's offensive coordinator at the time, Brian Dayball, to coach the New York Giants. So Giants fans have this real sense of optimism. 
It's a story. You got to get to the story. You just can't give the people what they want immediately. You got to build up to it and build up to it. Giants history podcast. Yeah, so it's a bit of everything. It's a Daniel Jones history podcast where I'm saying the seasons are bad. And then, so this will happen 2022. Dayball, and then eventually Wink Martindale comes in to be DC. Mike Kafka from Kansas City to be the offensive coordinator who worked with Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback coach. So now there's a lot of optimism within Giants fans of saying, hey, is this guy the guy? And there was a lot of people like me. A uh, bit of skepticism still there just because we hadn't seen truly what Daniel Jones was going to be, obviously going through his third head coach and uh, going into his fourth season. Fifth-year option declined. And you know what? It was basically out there for him to go out there and prove himself. Um, so then we're going to go before we get to the season. Obviously, you have the draft. You have the energetic first pick of Sam Prince, uh, make-a-wish kid who brought up on Thibodeau, Evan Neal. Obviously, I know those don't directly help Daniel Jones, but it's just you're – assembling a building blocks towards building a culture in New York, something that the New York Giants haven't had in a very long time, obviously not making the playoffs since 2012 and also not winning a playoff game since Super Bowl 46 and they beat the Patriots. Um, so then you have all this stuff here, and then you also have pieces like Wanda Robinson in the draft. You bring along so there's some other pieces. I'm blanking on who else, who else got brought in in 2022. I know Dory Jackson was brought in, which some people weren't too, too uh, well about. And then even silly, let's say Juan Barkley. What or some people were saying he was overpaid. I was saying Giants fans and NFL fans in general. But um, so you have all these pieces, and then you have Saquon, who, look, he tore his ACL in 2020, 2021, didn't have the best season. But like we said, Giants, that season was bad, especially, too, when you're doing stuff like a QB sneak in, like, third down when you're on your, like, your own 15-yard line. Basically, they just threw in the towel. But in 2022, there was some sense of optimism. Like we said, the 50 option was declined, and we all knew it. This was a huge make-or-break year for Daniel Jones. Even me, I was very skeptical on him. But he went out there and proved us all wrong. He went out there. He, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm gonna. So I'm in a few fantasy leagues, and one of the ones I'm up in is up here in Canada, uh, what well, across the river in Canada. Excuse me. I'm still in Detroit, Michigan. Um, and I had Josh Allen as my QB one, and then I had Daniel Jones as QB two because I'm like, you know what? For QB two, you just need someone that can kind of be there along for the ride, and we'll see what happens. Because also do with QB one, QB two, a lot of players. Long story short, get picked up, and then sometimes you're like, oh crap, you're left with the scraps. But Daniel proved to be a pretty good asset. Daniel proved, you know what, hey, he can play. He uh, got some wins. And also, too, the New York Giants did do well for me when it came to betting this year. Like like I said, the first one was the Tennessee Titans game where we truly saw, like, hey, Saquon Barkley's back. He's back to being what he was pre-ACL. Daniel Stephen Jones, the third, born May 27, 1997, uh, is looking pretty good. And so you have... The cast, but then with the wide receiving room, it's pretty sure it's Steven. Uh, yeah, there's no way it's Steven. There's no way, there's no way. Really big coincidence, (laughs) (laughs) but through his career so far. But then, here's so here's the thing going back before we dive fully into what he did in 2022, but 2019, three and nine record, 24 and 12. So, not the worst numbers, 24 and 12. 12 interceptions is fine, but when you're only playing 12 games. Not ideal. In 16 game or 17 game season, 12 interceptions is fine. 11 and 10. Rookie. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Rookies got to learn. Uh, 11 and 10 in the second season. Like, his second season wasn't terrible. In 14 games, it was 5 and 9. Not ideal for what the Giants were hoping for, but look, building blocks. And then, like we said, he was 4 and 7 in 2021. Um, I remember, I think, Jake Fromm started a game or two for the Giants and a couple other guys. And then 2022 happens, where our boy. Plays 16 games, starts 16 games. Obviously, he 
believe he did not play in the Eagles game, the Week 18. Yeah, so, yeah. That they that where they sat everyone because it was a meaningless game. It's kind of like how 2022. I remember the Week 18, Dallas sat everyone against Philly, and one team whooped the other, and Philly's basically saying like, "Oh, we beat our practice squad guys." And I remember, and I even remember this Week 18. You guys still hung it tough with the Eagles, even though it was a game you guys had no business winning just because you benched everyone you knew. Hey, we're in the position to be in the we're in the playoffs. We're good to go. And it wasn't that close, but it was, they played much better than we thought they would. That's Andy it. Holiday had a sweet touchdown from. And then even going back to the point too with Daniel Jones, there was some adversity throughout the season because you lose the weapon in Wandell Robinson. I know it's not the biggest weapon, but then even still, uh, I'm blanking on the name. Who's uh, And then Daniel Bellinger, too, who had this very serious eye injury against Jacksonville where his eye almost basically had to be taken out. Um, but in the season, though, here, 16 games, 15 touchdowns. But here's the thing, though, five interceptions and a QBR of 92. Pretty much if you're a quarterback and you're over 90, you're doing something right. So eventually a lot of people, and including myself, you're starting to realize, hey, Brian Dayball's really good at dealing with Daniel Jones. So eventually you start to learn, and no one likes to make the comparisons, who made who? Did the coach make the player or did the player make the coach? This is an instance where bad coaching was in New York. They got good coaching and good coordinators. So you have Kafka working with him, and you have Brian Dayball working with Daniel Jones. And he has a 15-5 season. He has a 9-6-1 season. Which the one that could have been a Giants win. I remember that game. I bet that game. And he also had a um, three three thousand two hundred and five passing yards, which was because even still, like like the, the, man, I just look at this. The numbers between he almost had eight eight hundred yards more thrown between twenty one and twenty two, which is remarkable. And then nine and there was a nine. We'll say nine seven and one end of the regular season. But like we said, nine six and one for his fourth year for a make or break it year. He went out there. He did his thing. He did something that look. Hopefully, Mike. Hopefully, Mac can do. But that's another. That's another podcast for multiple days. Because look, Patriots fan here. But you know what? He went out there, got them a wild card spot. But the most impressive part of this all is that on a Sunday afternoon in January, the Minnesota Vikings are hosting the New York Giants. And what happens in that game? What happens in that game? I actually have to look up the actual game itself just to see what Daniel Jones's actual. That line is, and I have a question while I'm looking this up. Who calls him Vanilla Vic? Everyone. Okay. On Twitter. Clearly, I'm not tapped in enough to Giants Twitter, even though I do follow talking. You've never heard Vanilla Vic? I may have heard it once or twice, but I didn't realize it's, it was a... Oh. Yeah, but, no, no, that's definitely a thing. And Danny Dimes, that's, that's too many. Oh, Danny Dimes in prime time. I know that one. I just didn't realize that... Uh, there, so let's see. Okay, so, so in the wild card game... I know that was oh so look look at even here so what does he do he goes into the wild card game Kirk Cousin goes thirty one for thirty nine two hundred and seventy three yards two touchdowns Daniel also two touchdowns but Daniel decided I'm gonna throw twenty eight more passing yards than you pal goes twenty four for thirty five with three hundred and one yards and he also added on seventeen rushing attempts for seventy eight yards because in those crucial moments you have to step up and do the extraordinary to get yourself further in the playoffs. And what did the Giants do? They went into Minneapolis, they went into U.S. Bank Stadium, and they took care of the New York Giants. Of the, the New York Giants took care of the Minnesota Vikings. Whew. They now depressed millions of people who have the season of quarterback. Yes. See if you knew the ending. And then the next week, obviously, look, 38-7 against the um, Eagles, not the ending that Giants fans wanted. But they have something to look forward to because in the offseason, Daniel Jones was awarded a contract of, I believe, $40 million a year. And I know everyone likes to look at that number where it's like, oh, that's way too much money. That's this, this, and this. 
the reality is it's a two-year deal, and we all. And if you don't know by now, the NFL cap is very flexible. It, it ultimately is credit card spending. So that money can become more money. That money can become less money. It only can become less money because if Daniel Jones decides to restructure and get all the money at the same time. But you know what? Daniel Jones is a true, true NFL story of you had adversity from the day your name was called until you went out there and proved it on the field. And for that, I'm going to give my kudos. For that, I'm going to say congratulations, Daniel. You basically went out there and you proved everyone wrong. You went out there, have had to face multiple coaches who look didn't know what they were doing, were incompetent head coaches. Obviously, look, Joe Judge is back now. Special, well, we're not going to talk about Joe Judge. But you know what? You basically went out there. You proved people wrong. You went out there. I know even this year, you still have a lot of doubters out there. I don't have doubters in the sense – I don't have doubt in the sense of I know you can be a good quarterback. It's just more or less what do you have for an encore? What are you going to do in 2023? Because, look, they have, the NFC East is a pretty tough division because we don't know exactly what the Dallas Cowboys are going to be yet. Washington I don't think will be too, too good, but the Giants are going to be in the playoff conversation. They're going to be a team that for as long as Daniel Jones can play turnover-free football, which after seeing last year I feel like he can, what's stopping the New York Giants from – being in the playoff conversation year after year, even this year too. Center position, I know, has been an issue for the Giants for years. What do you do? You go out and get the best center of the draft in John Michael Schmitz, shout out at the University of Minnesota. Jalen Hyatt, Jalen Hyatt, my bad, excuse me, has been looking great in training camp, third-round pick. So you're just giving this kid more toys to play with. And I know everyone's saying, oh, the center. Center is the most underrated position in football. The center and the quarterback have to be on the same page because when they're not, crucial mistakes and crucial errors get made. And we've seen bad offensive line play in New York for quite a while now. Nate Solden went there. They didn't work out. There were some other guys as well. And even John Feliciano this year, who's now in San Francisco. But you have Andrew Thomas. You have Schmitz. You have Glowinski, I want to say, is right guard. And then I'm not sure. And then Shane Lemieux. Unless. No. Who's the guy that uh, Kevin Gates? No, Nate Gates is in Washington. Okay. It's going to be. Well, it looked like it was going to be Glowinski at right guard. Zudu or Bredesen battling for left guard, but now they've done camp, they've actually taken Golinski out, which is huge, because Zudu and Bredesen are the two best guards on the team by far. But what happened to Shane Lemieux? It's not good, and he's always hurt. Okay. And then Evan Neal at right tackle. So the Giants now seem like they have a very solid offensive line built, which we have an offensive line built, you're going to get good quarterback play. And we haven't even talked about the biggest story of the offseason yet. Before this year, what was the Giants' best tight end, you'd say? Would it be Jeremy Shockey? That's Darren Waller. Before, before this year. Yes. Uh, Most athletic. Mark Navarro. Before that was Mark Navarro. Mark Navarro was the best of all time, I think. Better than Chuck. Chucky's more athletic, but Navarro was an animal. And now you have Darren Waller coming in, so you're giving Daniel Jones. And also, you have Saquon Barkley. You have Jalen Hyatt. Also, Paris Campbell's in New York now. That's another name I feel like people on week one are going to be like, hey, he's, he's a giant now. But then you have Darren Waller, a guy who is proven, a guy who has traits, and a guy, honestly, he's going to make Daniel look really good. He's going to make Daniel look good. He's he Because Daniel finally has a big body that he can play with, a big-bodied receiver. I know Daniel Darren Waller is a tight end, but he's really good at pass catching. So you know what? What's stopping this New York Giants team from being a team that's going to be a force in the NFL for years to come? And now, obviously, the word force gets... The Eagles and the Cowboys... I mean force in the sense of 49ers. competitive uh, competitive force. Like I don't mean force. I feel like a lot of times people hear the word force and it's automatically Super Bowl contender this is this. No. Any team to be a force, you just have to be a winning force. 
Losing force, obviously, that's another story. This isn't an Arizona Cardinals podcast. Um, but with the New York Giants, they're getting their roses. Well, like I said, Daniel Jones, he's done good. Daniel Jones has gone out there and proven to the world that, hey, I'm the guy, and especially to a crazed market like New York, a market where you're under so much pressure year after year after year. What does he do? This is the year when fifth-year option was off the table, his back was against the wall, he spat in the face of adversity, and went out there and balled. That's what Daniel, John, Daniel Jones did for the 2022 season. He beat Aaron Rodgers. He beat the Tennessee Titans week one in the game. They had no business winning. He had a game in 2022 Thanksgiving Day where, hey, he covered the spread in the game where Matt called me crazy, I remember, for picking the Giants at plus 10.5, and, and they covered so Dallas. Well, yeah, it was dumb. Yeah, we had been covering every game. Yeah, but it, 10 points a lot. It's like picking the Giants the opening week. Yeah, I know Tennessee was supposed to be bad, but the Giants were supposed to be fucking terrible. I so had never taken that week one. By Dallas, we knew we had good coaching. By Dallas, I would have said that's fine. Yeah, but first week, I never would have risked it. If you have good coaching, you shouldn't lose by 10. But uh, I, I will say this, even though it's a Daniel Jones praise, you don't give, don't give him credit for week one and two. No, that Those was two wins. He played pretty bad. He was still getting used to the offense. Exactly. But you know what? Within time, it came in to where by the time the season was where you needed those wins, he went out there and did it. The most memorable one was on the, during the 200th episode of YWC Football Talk. As I should clear the air, this is episode number 238. Um, so 38 episodes and almost I don't know how many weeks later. In a must-win game, you go into FedEx Field and you get the job done. You get the win. And he went out there and did his thing. And even looking at the schedule here. Beat the Chicago Bears. Packers in London. That was a huge win. I don't think anyone saw that coming. I picked the Giants on I picked the Giants on a whim also because I saw a guy in Boston in the Giants hoodie. Going to Baltimore and beat the Ravens. Going to Jacksonville and beat the Jags. At that point, you're six and one. Um, and then six and two. You face a little adversity. What do you do? Go on your bye week, bounce back and beat the Houston Texans. But then here's where things get tricky. Because obviously they had the game against the Detroit Lions where they just didn't look good. Happens. Everyone has those slip-up games where Life and the NFL schedule catches up to you. And then there's the game against the Dallas Cowboys. Like I said, I knew the Giants were going to cover. I didn't know if they were going to win, but they covered. And then the tie against Washington is what it is. And then the Eagles game. That Eagles game is truly where adversity shows its face. Because that Eagles game, 22-48, to 48, that's a very ugly result. But you know what? The next week, that was the Sunday night football game against the Commanders where both teams really needed a win. 7-5-1, and one, and I don't really know or care what the Commanders record was. But what does Daniel Jones do? 20 to 12 win over the Commanders in DC in prime time. For that, you get the you get the soccer clap. You know the soccer clap, everyone. If you don't look it up, or if you don't, I don't know why you wouldn't know that. And then Christmas Eve, obviously, the loss to Minnesota. Wait, what's, what is this? Soccer clap. I don't know what that is. Soccer clap basically when the players coming off the field and they just address the crowd like this, where it's they clap. Yeah. Stefan. Kind of like exactly. It's just quiet. Yeah, it's the fans are loud, but the players more just like a simple like an acknowledgement, thank you. But then week week eighteen, week seventeen, excuse me, in a game where you should take care of business, what does Daniel Jones do? He took care of business to beat the Indianapolis Colts thirty-eight to ten. Because week sixteen. That was seventeen. Week sixteen was the Eagles. No, week seventeen was the Colts. Week sixteen was the Vikings. Week eighteen was the Eagles. What? The last game of the season was the Eagles. Yeah, I'm oh, saying week eighteen, not game eighteen. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure. I can't think of 
And in that game, too, Daniel Jones, 19 for 24, the 177 yards and two touchdowns. I know everyone likes to look at the 177 yards and go, that's not enough. 19 for 24, missing five passes in an NFL game is something you don't see all that often, especially from a quarterback. I'm just going to say this. Like, I know Daniel Jones isn't in the elite of the elite. Obviously, I know it's not saying anything bad. I'm just saying, like, when you think, like, the top three guys, like, you know, how it's Burrow, Allen, Mahomes, because that's my top three, no particular order. Um, it's one of those things where you go out there and when you have to beat a team you should beat comfortably, you beat them comfortably. That's what Daniel did. So with this year, I'm really excited for that week one game, not only because it's in prime time, because that's a game that's at home. That's a game that's against, against a divisional rival, a game where a man who is on his phone right now is going to be in attendance, hoping for the Giants to win. I don't know when the last time he attended the Giants game was, but hopefully they win for him because I know it was a birthday gift to you. I think the last two games I went to, they lost to Dallas. So. Well, we're not fun. If, 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 uh, if they lose, we don't blame me. We haven't beat Dallas with Dak uh, since 2015, 2015, 2016, whatever that year 16, was. Yeah. Woof, my own. Um, you know what? Basically, if there was a most improved player in the NFL award from this year, I'm pretty sure Daniel Jones would win it. That's an award I would love to see in the NFL, honestly, because you want to recognize players for improvements. Obviously, comebacks are great. Don't get me wrong, but a lot of the time, it's either coming back from sucking or coming back from injury. And this year's comeback player of the year, I, it's a lock already. I don't even, I don't even want to go into details about it. But if there was a most improved player award, it would be Daniel because Daniel really has improved his game. Daniel finally showed the world something that I think Giants fans were seeing for a very, very long time. I've spoken to some Giants fans in this hotel room and also around who, from day one, knew that Daniel Jones had what it took to be special. It's just you're waiting for that moment for that. Butterfly to hatch in the cocoon. And that's what happened this year in New York City. The butterfly hatched in the cocoon, and he wears number eight. He's got a $40 million salary. So for everyone out there going, oh, this, 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 just remember, you're not out there making $40 million a year. No, no, no. You're making whatever you're making. Daniel Jones is out there making $40 million a year because he did something right, and he did something to impress the people. Obviously, his deal came down to crunch time and everything like that where he wanted $47 million, But you know what? That's what players are supposed to do. You're supposed to go out there and prove your worth. You're not supposed to go out there and lowball yourself. No. In life, you're supposed to aim high. You shoot for the stars. And that's what Daniel did because his play in 22 proved to the world, I need to get paid and I should get paid what I think I deserve. And that number wasn't 47. That number ended up being 40. And I know everyone loves to overreact to that 40, but you have to remember stuff, guys. Signing bonuses, what the guarantees are, all that stuff. That's why with NFL contracts, I'm going to stress this again. Wait until the contract numbers come out before you overreact. And also, to the cap hit can help the team. Someone can maybe $40 million, but a lot of that's tied up in signing bonuses and incentive bonuses and also performance bonuses. So, you know, so if you don't think Daniel Jones is worth the 16th most like money in, for quarterbacks, you're an idiot. No, I'm just saying for people in general. I'm not saying you. I'm just adding all what you were saying. Yeah. He's no, paid no. 16 people act like he's paid top five money. Yeah. Because they see 40 and don't realize money goes up every year. Because it was well in the NFL, I feel like a lot of the times with paying and with salary, it's person X is worth this much, so I'm worth more than that player. Yeah, he's 15th right now and Burrow's about to sign, so he's going to be 16th before the season starts. Yeah. Which is like, he's going to be a top 12 quarterback at least. Yeah, so that's the thing where it's coming from with the my like just to go to my point though is everyone loves to see that initial number and be like oh he's making this da 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 you have to remember what is the actual salary base what is incentives what is the signing bonus and remember these contracts making forty million people overreact to it yeah like you'll end up getting forty it's just not all like at once and it's not all tied to one thing it's basically all these little intricate pieces of a puzzle that equate to $40 million. And like we were saying, he, he earned the money. That's the thing. He went out there, 
and he earned it. It's like how you're saying Burrow's about to get paid. Because why? Because in the three years Joe Burrow's been quarterback in Cincinnati, scratched the first year for obvious reasons because of the torn ACL, Burrow's proved to the world he deserves this. Patrick Mahomes deserves his $45 million a year, which now is, I believe, seventh most paid player in the league, which I believe one, I want to say one is, I think it's Herbert. I think Herbert overtook number one, or it might be Jalen Hurts. It's one of the two. Do you want to look that up, Alex? Yeah, well, Daniel makes 35 five thirty, and then 46-5 is three years. Is, uh, is big salary. But I know through the guarantee structure that it can be, it can become a two-year deal. I do know Yeah, that. he has an out benefit, but no one's going to. No, the Giants are, because, like, the Giants have. Yeah, that's the thing. Unless he comes out here and has a season where he throws for, like, 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns, I'm not saying it's impossible. He very well could do it. Do you want me to look up? Um, who the highest paid player in the NFL is right now? Because I think, yeah, I think it was, I think it was, I think what like it was Jalen, and then Lamar got his bag, and then Herbert got paid. Herbert. Okay, so it is Herbert. But see, that's the other thing too. It's gonna be Burrow. In like it, a week. That's the thing. All these guys have gone out there and proved it, and Daniel's now a part of that class where he's proved it. Daniel's proved it more than Herbert at this point. Because he won a playoff game. Won a playoff game with I'll, worse receivers, without Mike Williams or Keenan Allen. Yes. Are you going to praise him yet or what? I have pretty much been. You've kind of just listed his accomplishments. Well, what else am I supposed to like? What's like, 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 Daniel Jones is better than Mac Jones. He's got a great arm. He's got fat. He's fat. I like watching him run. He's got great, great eyes. Dude, we love watching him run. He's got great hair. You know what? Right now, yeah, if in the NFL quarterback rankings, he is a better quarterback than Mac Jones because, look, Mac Jones had a very bad 2022. But the ankle injury aside, Daniel Jones right now, if he was the rank, I'm going to say this. You know, as a Patriots fan, yes, Daniel Jones is the better quarterback as of this moment than Mac Jones. <sighs> that backhanded fucking phrase. In this moment, like nothing. But no, I'm saying because then, like in this, like as, if you're ranking them right now, because obviously things can change because we don't know. Nothing point is pointing to Mac Jones having a better year this year. At the moment, no. We'll wait. I'm just, I'm just gonna say the same thing. With the, I say at the NFL every year. Any given Sunday, we'll wait and see, just because we don't know. What's going to happen in four months from now? But right now, this it is, is Daniel Jones praise yes. episode, and you're saying right now he's better. What's going to happen four yeah. weeks, before, four months from well, now? Maybe the Patriots trade for Justin Jefferson. Maybe can you praise Daniel Jones in this episode? No one will be listening because you give a five-hour fucking history lesson. Right now, Matt Jones isn't good. I don't know what yeah. else to say. But you know what? Like you're saying too, even the whole add the whole Daniel Jones Matt Jones argument. Like you said, Who's Daniel Jones right? in his first career playoff game went into an imposing building and took care of a division division winner. Mac Jones' first playoff game, what happened? He got cooked. He's so, not good. Yeah. <laughs> 47 to 17. Coach carried him. I mean, he won a game in Buffalo one time, throwing it three times. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was enough to brag about. That's why I came Mac Jones is so good, he won with throwing it three I just times. want to see you two argue and see who the bigger homer is. That's why <laughs> I, would, I, would pay, I know when we actually I would pay suck. you to fucking just argue about that shit. That was hysterical. Yeah. That was one of the worst arguments. Yeah, he. He threw it three times and they won. Yeah, out of spite. That, he, that proves he, they don't need him. Out of spite, yeah. they won, which is still pretty pathetic. It was more of the Bills being god. It was one big run. That it was, was the only play. Yeah, he's right. It was the it was the Damian Harris. It was who's now who's now funny enough a Buffalo Bill. It was that one play. Just like praise him. Just have fun. And praise yeah. him. You don't need to give a history lesson. He he dresses great. He apparently is a really good beer pong. I was just beer? gonna say flip cover beer yeah. pong. Flip cover. Beer pong. Apparently, he's great at one of those. He's finally letting loose. He was singing at a, on stage at a country concert this summer. Like, he's, that's what you want on your franchise quarterback. A guy who, 
the, yeah, the not fan, DUIs. The fan can relate right. to it. Mac Jones got a DUI in here, a drunken order disorder. That was at Alabama, though. Still, you drafted him after that. Well, he has one. Yeah, he's got one more DUI than Daniel. That's fair. That's fair. That's, a, that's a, the same amount as one Uso and one less than one Uso. Jimmy DUI Uso. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but you know what? Like that's what I'm saying. Like I know I haven't said any direct praise of Daniel Jones. I was trying to lead it up to him, basically just saying, like, look, hey, he's pr- like, I thought I thought me saying like he's proved himself that he's gone out there and that he bet on himself. And like I said, fifth year back, fifth fifth year option decline back against the wall. That was what I thought was good enough for praise. If it wasn't, sorry, Giants fans. I if you wanted me to say more, let me know in the comments this YouTube video or hey, look, my socials are in the links in the bio. So. Let me know there. Let me know how I did. But you know what, guys? We'll see what Daniel Jones has in store for an encore in 2023. We'll, we'll see what happens. But ultimately, like I said, you can't write the kid off. You can't just say it was a one-year wonder. It was a one-year fluke. No, because why? he's got the good coaching around him. He's got the talent traits, and he's shown that. He's shown that he can run the ball. He's shown that he can throw the ball. Like I said earlier, too, guys, he's got a great tight end now. Something like you were saying. It's been such a long time since the Giants have had really good tight end play, and now they have it. Which I know they had Evan Ingram and now he's balling in Jacksonville, but you can't count that because he's not. Giant, he's not. Stop saying that. That's hey, it. Do not spread that. He had the worst season of his career last year. One of them. Did he really? Really? He, he, he didn't drop balls and passes, but he barely played and he didn't get the yards per game. Because he had a couple breakout fantasy games. People love him. He did not have a great year. I feel like people put fantasy football. He was football not a starting uh, tight end for most of the year. I feel like people put fantasy football stats sometimes up against what they actually, like, actual football stats. People don't actually watch games when they talk. Yeah. Especially about the Giants. That doesn't just go for the internet. It goes for the actual media. Yeah. Well, that's because I think feel like everyone sees, like, oh, hey, player this did this in fantasy, so it's like, oh, they're this, but then it's just like, oh, but on the field, it's like this. It's like, no, you have to pay more attention to what they do on the actual field than what they do on your fucking imaginary football roster. I love fantasy football, but at the same time, too, we're all coaches of imaginary football teams. Evan Ingram had four touchdowns last year. He had three Jesus, touchdowns what? with the Giants three years and six his rookie year. Jesus. Yards per reception, 10.5 this year uh, in order. 11.3, 12.8, 10.6, 10.4, 8.9 when he was hurt. That's hilarious. And... 10.5 was last year, so it did not have his best year of his career. I apologize for that misconception stat. I am sorry to everyone, including Alex in this room here. I did not mean that. It's just, obviously, when you put the tight ends together, Darren Waller is a much better tight end. Darren Waller is a top. He had two games yeah. that really fucking boosted his average, so he had the most yards in his career. But yeah, one was like a because th- of two specific games. Which, which, which one were the games again? Was, look. Was, it wasn't the Giants game. I know that. No, it was late in the season. Was it the Baltimore game? Maybe the game with the Jags. I'll do yard. Uh, well. You do that. I'm just going to continue saying, look, good beer pong. No, it's not recorded. Uh, it's recorded. I was like, yeah, why is it Randy Aston? No, no, no. Because like, uh, I'll say that. I'll, say, I'll tell you later. Um, yeah. The games were yeah. week 14 versus Tennessee and week 16 versus the Jets. So he had 28 yards, 46 yards, 9 yards, 16 yards, 69, 40, 67, 55, 8, 14, 30, 162, 62, 113, 16, 27 in the playoff game. Yeah. Uh, that was the end of the Okay, so I apologize about that Evan Ingram comment right there, but you know what, Darren? He had a good first game in the first week of the yeah. playoffs. 
playoffs. And he had 93 yards and a touchdown. And then the second game, he had 31 yards on five catches. Oof. So with Darren Waller, where would you rank him in the world of ranking tight ends? If he's healthy, he, top If he's five. healthy, three. Maybe two. If he's healthy, top five. Yeah. yeah that's how good Mark Andrews actually is. Kittle, yeah. Andrews. Kittle also. Kittle's oh, healthy. Kittle, yeah. Kittle's healthy, he's two. Yeah. Andrews. So three. Kelsey, three obviously. Would you put him above Hawkinson? Yes. He's healthy. As yeah. a receiver, yes. As yeah. a weapon. Not yeah, as that's a, what I meant. As a weapon, not a pass blocker. Yeah, Waller doesn't really pass block, so overall, maybe. But because you can have Ballinger. Who would you rather have? Waller. Yeah, like Hawkinson or Waller. I'd rather have Waller. Fucking Ballinger won the playoff game over Hawkinson, bitch. Like, the only players, the only three times, I think I'd only take uh, Kelsey, obviously, Kittle, and Andrews above above Waller right now. Besides hey, that. Yeah, and I don't know if Mark Andrews has like, had a couple good years and was great, or... I feel like Mark Andrews always has, he's like a spark plug. He'll have like a couple good games and then it's kind of like what Darren Waller did. It's also like Lamar gets hurt a lot. So yeah. it's just on that. Like this year for fantasy football, you don't want to go after any Baltimore wide receivers because you don't know what uh, Lamar's going to be. But I feel like Mark Andrews is always like that safe thing. Meanwhile, for like a tight end this year, I'd rather have, and also because Daniel Jones, obviously 2021 wasn't a healthy season, but he's going to be healthy this year. And so if it comes to it, I think I'd rather have Darren Waller than Mark Andrews just for the purposes of quarterback health. And also, too, I know both quarterbacks got paid, but one quarterback's, I think, under like, – when it comes to it, and I feel like this is a good thing for the Giants, there's more pressure for Lamar over Daniel Jones. And it's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing at all. I'm just saying from the perspective of general yeah, team team expectations as a whole. I feel like – Yeah, if you're comparing Lamar and Daniel for some reason. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just saying Lamar this. has a lot more expectations. He's been MVP. Yeah, he's been MVP. And ever since his 14-2 and two season, he hasn't really, like – been the same caliber player. But with Daniel, it's kind of like one of those things where the sky's the limit now as to what he can do going forward because we know what he's capable of. Like Harry said earlier, he can pat he's Danny Dimes for a reason. He can drop a Danny can drop a dime at a moment's notice. He can run the ball. He's a dual threat quarterback, what you want. It's just he he's gonna go out there and he's gonna show the world again, hey, I'm Daniel Jones, I'm play for the New York Giants, and this is what I'm gonna do, and the Giants are probably gonna end up winning. I would say they can easily win 9, 10, maybe even 11 games. We'll see what happens this year. I'm just saying that because that's the same range as last year, and I don't like – like because with this year with you with the expectations, where do you think they'll end up? Yeah, we have a harder schedule for the wins. Yeah, 7 to 9. Oh, I was saying like – I was trying to be like – so like the ceiling. we're going to have the same type of beat better teams, lose to shitty teams midseason in a lull. They're not going to have the same luck that they did last year with one-score games, so it's probably around eight. Right? I think we will beat teams that have worse coaching like that, yes. So like Arizona, for example. I think we'll just beat Arizona by a lot. That should be a, oh, by like, that should be a multiple-score game. Yeah, 10, which is a lot for the Giants. Well, I'll look it up, and we can do win-loss, win-win-loss. Because I know you play uh, I know you play Dallas week one, so we've been talking about that, and I know the Patriot game is week 12 or 13. Yeah, I have it up. Okay, so let's go over it. Dallas week one. Yeah, I, this is a win, I'm saying. I'm, I think we're going to start good, and they're going to take a little time to figure out their new offense. And then, every, and then if you guys win that game the next Monday, it's going to be not about you. It's going to be the Giant, the Dallas Cowboys yeah, are 0-1. No matter what happens, it's about Dallas. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Two is Cardinals should just be a win. Yeah. 49ers week three. That's a loss. Quarterback. It doesn't matter. I think it's just sick and nasty. But – if it's fucking Brock Purdy, we might get blown out. If it's Sam Trey Darnold. Lance, who is like fourth string right now, I think it's if it's Sam Darnold, we have actually a decent chance because Wink Martindale can confuse the fuck out of him. We'll see what happens. I, I still feel like that's gonna be a low scoring dark fight. Like I'd have to, you have to put it as a loss right now. Yeah, Seattle's a win. 
Uh, well, we lost to them last year. Yeah. But I don't think Geno's going to be as good. But they did get better weapons. Is they it did. At home? No, I think it's in MetLife. It's, yeah. So then I'll take. I'll say. I will say. I'm going to say Giants for that one too, just because that's my one take for this year. I don't think we get the same Geno we got in 22. I'm, I'm going to say loss. I don't think we can cover three good receivers like that. I don't think it's about that. I think it's more about just making sure Geno. Because like I like I said, before, towards the end of last season, we figured out throwing to wide open wide receivers. There's nothing we could do about Geno. I know, but I feel like with Geno, we kind of figured out towards the end of last season. We he kind of like went back to square one. Okay, so who's week five? Uh, I'm gonna have to look that up. I don't know if that's true. Okay. I mean, like, compared to the beginning of the year. Um, so let's just keep going. Who do the Giants play week five? Okay. Week five, maybe my Which is going to be another tough receiving game. That's another tough receiving game, but they have Jalen Ramsey out. I'm going to go Dolphins just because. Yeah. In week six, I'm going to go loss as well. I know that's Buffalo. I think we beat Buffalo. I think we outcoach them. And I think Dayball is going to put everything. That's also a game where Dayball knows what Sean's going to do, and Ken Dorsey's an internal hire, so I can see them winning. I'm, I'm just, I'm still just going to go blood Buffalo. I feel like that's a close. Buffalo loses random bad games every year. It seems. Yeah, like they lost that weird one to Jacksonville two years ago, like ten to seven. Yeah, and they just blew the game to the Vikings, even though they had it won. Yeah. Just like shit like that happens in all the time. Okay, so then who do they play week seven? Win. That's a win. Jets win. Win. I bet you. I, I almost guarantee you the Jets do this. We beat Aaron Rodgers last year. The Packers are pretty bad. Raiders win. Yeah. Cowboys lost. I, Commanders yeah. win. Yeah. Patriots win. At some point, the Commanders got to beat us, right? Not this year. Sam Howell? Yeah. Never know. We lost uh, to fucking Andy Dalton once. They could be amazing or they could be terrible. I think I'm gonna gonna go pa- I would really see Jordan Love play. I'm going to go Packers win there just because I feel like that's a, like a weird game. I was like, you know how like, people, like, people, how teams always have like those games that like you should win that you lose. I feel like that's just one of the top of how you want to yeah, yeah. We're going to have some bad wins, but it's not going to be this one, I don't think. We beat it with Aaron Rodgers. We can't fucking lose to them yeah. without him. Um, Saints, that'll probably be a random loss in Superdome. Yeah. We'll probably get blown out. Um, is that Packer game primetime? I doubt it. Yeah, Monday. Oh my god. What it's Monday, though, that's why it's... Is Monday. it in Lambeau, or is it at MetLife? No, it's at MetLife. Okay. I, I think... love how many primetime games we have this year. Get to watch Red Zone all day. It's great for the brand? It's great for Red Zone. It's great for Red Zone? Saints, I'll say, lost. Eagles, lost. Rams, win. Eagles, lost. Aren't the Rams supposed to be better? No, I think the Rams are going to be terrible. We'll see. Really? Cooper Cup and... Stafford are fully healthy after those two injuries. Cooper, people are saying like Cooper Cup should be like a top five pick for fantasy football. Yeah, the torn ACL. If he's healthy, yeah, but we don't know. That's the thing you just don't know. So like I'm like I'm sorry, like it's better than an Achilles, I guess. Yeah, but even still, we, we don't know what Stafford's gonna be. I have no faith in the Rams until they prove it. And also, too, their defense is literally Aaron Donald and like I have a seven players. and two. And <laughs> we have the midseason lull. That was basically what happened last year. Yeah, the right. midseason lull. Oh boy, Six and one, and then you had that loss in Seattle, and then the bye week, and then Houston, and then those two losses. Yeah, okay, I have us at six losses, so there'll be another surprise loss in there. I'll go, yeah, I'll change the Seahawks game to a loss. I changed it, I put it as a win. Let's see, so 49ers, Seahawks, 
Dolphins. That's the, the lull three in a row there. And then come back to beat the Bills. So it's probably just four in a row. I'm picking the Steelers. I don't know if we're going to go through a four-game losing streak. We'll probably beat Buffalo for no reason. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Or like Miami will be as much. But also the thing, too, is, is if you do go through a four-game losing streak, that's probably the point of the season where... Yeah, like, 10 and 7. Yeah. Is what I have is that. Two, two Eagles losses, a Cowboys loss, a Saints loss, uh, a Dolphins loss, and a Seahawks loss, and a 49ers loss. Okay, so I'm going to say both Dallas is we lose. There's no way we're winning the first game. I'm not going to see them win. There's just I, no just, I just think it's more on them. I don't think they're going through that many changes where it's going to be that insane. We got a whole new offense. And Dak is coming off one of his worst years. Still a fine year. But yeah, yeah, they have such and a good defense. All they have is CeeDee Lamb. He's right. Michael Gallup. Is Michael Gallup it's whether It's whether how quickly Parsons can get. Because the time we played them, week three. Yeah. We were we were fucking gonna come back and tie that game if David Sills doesn't trip. I swear to God, Daniel Jones looks. That's when it clicked for Daniel Jones in that game, and he looked amazing. Yeah, the Thanksgiving game, right? No, week oh, three. Okay, yes, I remember that one. Well, C.D. Lamb also had that unreal catch in the game, no? Thanksgiving game didn't a backup quarterback play? Somebody we had like nobody playing. No, this year, Daniel played every game this year. Who? What game am I talking about? The Glennon game, I guess. Oh, yeah, my, that was it. That was the year before. Yeah, that was the thing. Who's your backup this year? Okay, Tyrod. Tyrod. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Tyrod and Taylor. Tommy DeVito. <laughs> I forget about it. He's fucking, yeah, Italian. Oh, also on the side note, we're going to the Cheetah. Saskatchewan's up to 12. The third quarter. Nice. You'll walk over that sports book right now? I am going to take an Uber. I'm not walking. Yeah. But anyway, guys, like we said. Tomorrow? I know it wasn't exactly the complete praise that. Who are we losing for? Who are you? What other game are we losing that? Probably both Dallas's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 9 and 7 again? I'm going to pull uh, oh, 9 and 8. 9 and 6 and 1, but 9 and 7? 9 and 8? Yeah. Like, like, I feel like no team's going to predict like 9, 7, and 1 because, like, who's actually going to say, we're going to tie this game? No. Like, no one does that. No. It's like when a tie happens, like. Like, that's the thing I hate about the NFL betting, even, like, on the first touchdown when someone ran there, everyone's like, who bet this person? I'm like, fucking no one, because no one's going to be, like... Somebody always fucking bets it. Someone always bets it, because there's, right, there's DJs. Yeah, you probably always. bet, like, a little bit on everything. Just to post. Oh, dude. Just to feel something. And she's like, yeah, I hit it. It's like, yeah, but you fucking uh, made, even, made out even, because you got on everybody. Yeah. you stop recording? No, I'm still recording. I'm just going over mine quickly just to see what I have. Who's recording when we're going through the schedule? All right, let's go over the Patriots schedule real quick. I just want to see what Grip says and you can see who your homer debate is. Okay, cool. We'll do that instead. Um, okay, so Philadelphia Eagles week one, that's a loss. Miami Dolphins week two, I think that's a win. No way. Um, so what? Just got me just spitballing. It's, it's, this is all predictions. Like we don't know what could happen. Yeah. Well, what's, are you just saying yes or no to win? Yeah, I'm just looking at it and seeing what I think. Like how or how I feel. Like what I think or how I feel. Yeah. Based, why do you think that? Based on logic, Miami should win. But yes, obviously anything can happen. But if you're just looking okay. at it from a team standpoint, Miami should win. The first point you're going to think I'm stupid before, but that's a uniform bet because we're on our red throwbacks. The second one is it's just because it. It just. Anything. It's the week. It's basically week one. They the bad loss to Philly, so the entire week it's going to be... Yeah, Philly's one of the best teams in football. We know you're going to lose that game. Why Why do you think you're going to win week two? You guys always lose to the Dolphins. That's in Foxborough. It's on Miami. 
Yeah, Miami's good. It doesn't matter where it is. You you lose to them. And now they're we lose it. We know we lose in South Beach. We don't lose. In, we don't but that's when you were better. Now you're worse than them. You're probably going to lose both games. See, uh, week three against the Jets. Um, you just haven't. You don't give a reason. You're just, okay. uh, we're, well, the Patriots. All right, week three against the Jets. Still saying that's a win. I'm sorry. I know it sounds homerish, but no chance. Six. All right, why? They haven't beaten us in eight years, and that they're still going. That's a point of the schedule. They're still figuring it out too. Completely new offense and everything like that as well. We own the Jets. Yeah. Yes, with Tom Brady and like Chad Pennington. Yeah, like, yeah it just has nothing to do with anything. All right, week four in Dallas. That's a loss. That's the one game you maybe yeah. would be better off beating the Dolphins. Uh, but I think you guys are underrating Dallas. Saints week five. Oh, I have Dallas beating them and beating most teams. I just think week one is the best time we can play them. Well, like we don't know what we have in Dallas. I, I just yeah. think their defense is good enough that like Dak can figure out the. Offense. I'm not saying that's why I'm think... surprised if we lost. I said if we're going to beat them, it's going to be week one. So I picked that. That's why I'm picking Dallas. Why... If it was in Dallas, I'd probably pick it as a loss. That's why I'm picking them to lose uh, Dallas. Week five against by week four, they're probably going to be nasty again. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's the game that the Patriots. Oh lose. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, week five Saints. Yeah, in the on the road or for the Saints, it's on. It's not a. It's like a. It's a box score. I think that's a win. Week six in Vegas, I think that's a loss again. Just like. And then week seven Buffalo, that's a loss. Isn't Vegas terrible? Yeah. I just. I don't understand. Patriots just lose weird games too. Uh, Buffalo at home, that's a loss. Josh Allen, for some reason, plays really well. Uh, he, I, I was, he's a great quarterback, but like, ever since Tom's left, he's played fantastic July of 21, 20, 21, 22. Week 8 in Miami, loss. And then week 9 at home to the Commanders, it's a win. Week 10 in Germany to the Colts. Week 10 in Germany to the Colts, it's a win. Bye week. And then Giants, it's a loss. Chargers, it's a loss. I think we beat the Steelers. Steelers are pretty good. Just let finish. Keep going. Week 15, Kansas City, that's a loss. Okay. Week 16, the Broncos, we win that game. Okay. Week 17, Buffalo, we lose. Okay. And I think we get 18, that's the Jets. Yeah. I think we beat them for the first time because that's still early in the season, but I think by then with the Jets, we're either going to know what they I are. I think the Jets probably are benching people by the end, and they're like the second wild card, and you guys are eliminated. Well, I mean, with that Week 18 game, I think it's by then they just have everything figured out, too. That's why with Week 3, I still think, like, because look at the Jets, too. They have, their their schedule is not easy, either. I don't know if you've seen it. Have you, or? Who? Alex. No. Who? The Jets. The Jets yeah. almost made the playoffs with fucking Zach Wilson. I don't know how anyone thinks they're not going to be good. They didn't almost make, like, fucking... like, the last wild card If spot. they got any, yeah, exactly. They got any semblance of quarterback play. They the could have made the playoffs. The Jets essentially were good, and then there was that. But that's assuming they're like all their players aren't gonna like are gonna be just as good or better. Like a lot of times, of course, players that's, do that's take exactly step what down. You assume you saw yeah. last I mean, I wouldn't expect the rookie that. To, that was one of the best cornerbacks to be. The, I would expect him to have a natural step back. I don't think Sauce Gardner's gonna be as good this year. I think in the future, three, four, year five. Like, do we think Sauce? Like people, like do we think Sauce Gardner's a DPOI this year or like a candidate or? Um, now, yes, but I think he probably won't end up being. I think it's just like it's hard to be that good, especially when teams have a year of tape on you. And also now they know, like, hey, we're going to send our best players out on them. Yeah. Um, like for them, they have because they have Buffalo week one at home. So how many losses did you put? I lost count there. For the Patriots, let me go back. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'd seven and ten. Yeah. Let's see what being that would be. That's. Pretty. Questions? 
I'll say win week one. That's, uh, that's a preseason. Eagles lost. Dolphins yeah. lost. Jets lost. Cowboys lost. Saints. It's really close. Where is, is it? Gillette. It's in Gillette. Uh, then I'll give it to the Patriots. All right, win. Raiders win. Yeah. Yeah. Bills lost. Yeah. Dolphins lost. Probably. Commanders win. Yeah. Colts. Anthony Richardson could be like the best player in the yeah, league. Uh, I'll give that one. Yeah. Patriots has yeah. Now, Patriots. Their defense is really good. So. Yeah. The bye week lost. <laughs> Giants lost. I could see them beating the Giants. No. Thank you. Anything can happen. He probably said that at Super Bowl 42. I can see the I'm, Patriots I'm winning. I'm scared of these teams with actual good defenses. That's the thing. The Patriots do have a top 10 defense in the league. I mean, nobody has a top 10 defense right now. The season hasn't started. No, on paper, though. The Giants should beat them. Especially, is it at home or if It's in MetLife. Yeah, then we should win. Uh, I'm sorry. I like Bill Belichick a lot. He's just not that good anymore. He's lost it. He's, I feel like he's yeah. trying to do too much. This kind of shows that maybe he never fucking had it. That it was Tom Brady. I mean, he was a great defensive coordinator with the Giants. He's always, always been a good coach. Yeah, and even still, the early... But he's the one that... He's a system quarterback. Tom's a system quarterback in Bill's system. Kind of easy to be a, a good defensive coordinator when you have tape of the other team. Well, not on the Giants. No. But also to the, like, oh, um, yeah, exactly. the other thing with Bill Belichick as well is those first three Super Bowls, I know Tom Brady and Highly Mullins Bowls were all defense. Yeah, I know. The, Patriots, the Patriots defense is the tape also... of the Rams. Of course. We know that. Tom Brady's never had like a. Like but a, once Tom until Brady. The, once, until the, uh, while, uh, the overtime. Once game, Tom like, Brady went. Get, like game ending or like. The which like one? Final drive. Falcons or Chiefs? Overtime. Falcons Super Bowl. Okay, I think we're saying because I just was with overtime in playoffs for some reason I was not the Super Bowl. Yeah, he's never he hasn't had like an Eli like drive or like a Russell Wilson ending drive or whatever like just kind of funny that it's like the games ended on either interceptions or like defensive stands. Technically Super Bowl thirty, well thirty six. It was ended on the Vinatieri field goal, but he led. The yeah, Patriots. exactly. It ended on a bunch of kicks. Yeah, like a, a, a final just, Tom Brady play. That's just my point that when anyone says like the whole Belichick Brady argument, it's just because like those first three, because even Super Bowl thirty nine, no chance they win that many Super Bowls without without Belichick either, though. Yeah, it's both. Of course, it's Super Bowl thirty eight was the same thing where that was it was a kick. That you guys probably would have won one with Jimmy Garoppolo. At the, in that, if he if, when Bill originally wanted to swap him out. With like Gronk still in his like prime. Yeah, I think you still. I that yeah. I know. Right? They were still so good. I still have one question. Jimmy was good that on, year. Depends on what kind of footage he built yeah. The other example too with Bill Belichick for me is it would the, be the, different than any other year. It's the same footage he always gets. But if it was if yeah. it was still cheating at that point, we don't know, maybe it took a year. You think off. He said, oh, okay. My other example too, if you want to say Bill Belichick, is the fact that they went three and one, and that that one loss was because they were playing with Jacoby Brissett, who had a broken finger, broke everything, was broke, called broken fingers in that game against Buffalo. Yeah, Jacoby Brissett also sucks. I mean, but that's the thing though. They went yeah. three and one. With yeah, that, that's the that, thing for Bill. That, that 2016 team, that, that's the thing too. That 2016 Patriots team went 14 and 2. That's one of the best teams in the top. They right probably now. don't win a Super Bowl with Jimmy, but they get pretty far. Jimmy probably fucks it up, overthrows somebody in a big moment. I'm just going to say this in this moment just because I want to wrap this up because this episode's been. Well, we didn't finish this on. Chargers okay. lost. Okay. Yeah. Steelers lost. That, that, they could win that one, but I think the Steelers, Steelers are just that's always a, that's a consistent. That's a toss. So I can see them winning that. Chiefs. Lost. Yeah, they should destroy them. Broncos could just be actually good this year, but I'm going to say win. Depends on Peyton. Broncos. It's in, it's it's in, in Denver. Denver. I could see the Broncos winning that. They're I can see them be, be being good again. They're going to be much better with yeah, That's not hard to see. It's not, but they have a lot of work to do. If Russell Wilson's good, though, it's lost. But I'll, or I'll say win. Yeah. And then Bills and Jets, two losses. So what's that? So the wins were Broncos. 
very silent for a while. Colts, Commanders. Stefan hasn't said a goddamn word the whole podcast. I don't know if anything <laughs> about this. Are you still awake? <laughs> Raiders. We gave them the Saints. And sure. Yeah. Zero. Five wins. That's pretty good. <laughs> Who did you have last year? Seven? Uh, last year was eight. We're eight and nine. I could see yeah, them being. You have a harder schedule this year. Yeah. No, we actually have a. Well, it's because we're the divisionals, but we did. We do have a third place schedule in last year. We had a second place I schedule. I hope they lose to the Raiders again. Yeah, but that, those yeah, never get really that open next year because yeah. so many shit, so much shit changes from year to year. Yeah, that's why with. Um, yeah, you have two guaranteed wins to two probably guaranteed losses. That's huge. Yeah. What are the two guaranteed wins, Colts? And... No, I'm saying you went from two guaranteed wins every year to the oh, Jets, Jets to losing to them probably oh. in two years. I would. I. I, I these the Jets fans are all fucking hyped. I kind of hope the Jets oh, finish dude, believe and me. the Patriots finish in third. I'd rather the Patriots be better and not get a better draft pick either. I hope the Patriots finish like seven and ten or whatever the shit is and don't make the playoffs. And the Jets That's are what like, they do every year. Jets are like six and whatever the fuck. Six and eleven. Yeah, it would be yeah. fucking hysterical. Yeah. But you know how you set up there. That's, something's gonna go wrong. It's the Jets. Yeah. You can also see the Giants missing the playoffs. Do we want to look at their schedule quickly and just see what we think about it? Or? Giants might miss the playoffs. Yeah. It doesn't mean we have a worse year than last year. No. Because last year you guys were 9-7-1. Unless, unless it's so. the same record or better, and it's just other teams. Are yeah. And so if we don't have the same record, but you've acknowledged the harder schedule, you think it's a worse season? If we regress. Yeah. No, anyway, guys. But if we win. It's virtually impossible to duplicate that kind of. I'm going to wrap this up. Regress. Thank you very much and for listening. Danny, Danny. Danny Dimes. There's a come with the Giants have less, less wins this year. And, Heart uh, Dimes, September 10th, can't wait. Danny Dimes in prime time makes its long-awaited return. Five Sundays from now, guys, we're watching football. Have a good night. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.